thing, though. All right. So, long-awaited M20 episode is finally here. Talking about, once again, the legends of the set and their impact on EDH. It's me, Glenn, and this time I got one of my two usual guests for these Commander episodes. Uh, Charles here, who still Idealic Tutor? Uh, yeah, Ideal Tutor. Um, but you can also just follow me on Twitter now uh, as uh, Ilvaldi, I-L-V-A-L-D-I. Nice. Uh, that's uh, where now I mostly just post my stuff nowadays. Okay, cool. So if you have a link to that, yeah. send me that direct one later, and I'll put mm-hmm. it in the description. Sure. That's where I've been um, putting everything that you and our mm-hmm. other host, Evan, have sent me. So that hopefully people uh, who listen to this will click those and check out your stuff too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but we're doing the same thing as before. Um, talking about each of these legends, give some thoughts on them, a uh, couple stats if we have them. We do use EDA Trek. I've uh, mentioned this once or twice before, but that's where we get most of the data from. It's the best source I've found that's got the most uh, well, stats about them all in one place. So, that's where I get a lot of the info from if we talk about it. And uh, you mentioned that you'd be away, though, uh, for a little bit, right? Yeah, Some so, cool uh, coming up in February, uh, I'm uh, going to be visiting uh, the folks from Playing With Power. Nice. Uh, and um, they do CDH. Uh, and, uh, that's a big format there? Yeah, um... Well, I don't know if it's big in their area, but uh, their channel is all about uh, playing with uh, the best of the best in CDH. Uh, I recently met them at SCG Con, and they were uh, particularly impressed with uh, my Mono White Heliod deck. Uh, and uh, they had reached out to me uh, before uh, about the new Heliod that came out in, right. in Theros. Cool card. We're yeah. going to talk about that eventually. Huh? Someday we'll get to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, my, my, my hot take on that yeah, card... Yeah, give us a hot take. Uh, I don't think that card is as good as the old Heliod. It does combo easily, though. Yeah, and people focus on that too much, and they forget about the fact it's that... Difficult. Well, they, they, it's, I think it's fine in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's going to have issues if you're running it... If you're running Heliod as your commander, because then, you know, uh, it might be... It would it would be a very strong optimized commander, right? But and as a competitive commander, you run into a lot of issues, because um, hmm. a lot of your tutors and stuff for that combo um, are uh, not as efficient as compared to other combo tutors. Like it just really begs the question: like, why aren't you playing other combos instead of this? Right? Okay. Whereas I think that the old Heliod does offer something interesting for competitive EDH um, that the new Heliod doesn't. Hmm. Uh, and it synergizes better with a lot of what white currently has uh, but I'm pretty sure this is due to change I think that wizards might be pushing more for this in white right uh, so who knows new Heliod might get better than the old Heliod but currently as of right now there isn't much for uh, the new Heliod uh, that surpasses the old Heliod hmm. and I think that for any of the listeners listening to this uh, you might be wondering, like, what is it that the old Heliod has? Uh, and that's, like, almost like a completely separate discussion. Uh, I can send you the deck list for the old Heliod. Yeah, please do. Uh, That'd be cool. Yeah. But, uh... All right. Well, 
definitely be talking about Heliod again. Yeah. More Sunday. Yeah. Just yeah, and, close and, that for a moment. Yeah, and uh, I'm running into connection issues here, so we should be fine with the podcast mm-hmm. right here. But it so happens that the uh, computer that I was using for some of the stuff is not working at the moment. Yeah, and if you want to see the old Heliod in action, and also the new Heliod, um, you should check out Playing With Power. Um, they yeah. might do a video of me playing with both of them, uh, and you can cool. see me demonstrate my thoughts and opinions about both of them. Uh, like I said, they did ask me about building a CDH Heliod decklist, and mm-hmm. uh, I've done my best in building a mid-range combo deck with some stacks of Fets for the new Heliod. Uh, and for the old Heliod, um, you'll see like my uh, my uh, tried and true uh, mono white stacks deck. Um, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. So, I went in order this time, mm-hmm. instead of just by assigning each of us a color. We can bounce off with one and one, but we're gonna hit up first off with. Villas, Broker of Blood. This is an order of the ones that, according to EDA Trek, mm-hmm. are the most uh, reported as used on their site. Mm-hmm. So it may not be the most used in the world or at your store or whatever, but according to this source, mm-hmm. conglomerate, this is the number one. And he, uh, for those who don't know, is a five colorless, black, 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 eight, eight legendary demon. Uh, it's got the abilities of flying. You can pay a swamp and, and two life. Target creature gets minus one, minus one to end a turn. When you lose life, draw that many cards. Uh, so I've not actually played against that one commander yet, though. Uh, but, I mean, it's a beast. Really awesome card. Mm-hmm. If you untap with it or are able to play it and then even have the time to use its ability once or twice... You're going to draw so many cards. You're going to get a lot of great effects from it. I like it a lot. And apparently it even has turned up in some Legacy decks, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So maybe Big Daddy Grizzlebrand is not going to be on top forever. Uh, I don't know. As well as combo-y, but damn, he generates damage. Yeah, he does. But Grizzlebrand is uh, almost immediate value. Villas, you kind of have to work for it a little bit. You do. Um... Like, I think that the reason why you might not see him as a commander is because he actually, for a lot of black decks, he's better in the 99 because of the reanimate strategies. True. Uh, like, black is just really good with tutors, and it's really good with a reanimator that, like, it almost just doesn't need him as a commander. Right. And so, I think EDH right, has him listed more often in the 99 than as a commander. It's a very strong card, though. Yes. So, I mean, he's really strong. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. But you're about right. Him no, it's it got a huge CMC. Yeah. You know, it's not a. It's not something you're gonna. Yeah, black can generate. Wrong. But cheating oh. it in a play, like you said, that's a real yeah. thing. Black can generate that large amount of mana. I mean, like it's actually kind of almost easy now with black, but mm-hmm. uh, black still would rather just cheat it out into play. I think um, the big right. mana in black is often used to play multiple spells rather than one big spell. That's a fair point. So I I agree. I think that um, I I could see him being used as one of the ninety nine pretty well. It's a great reanimation target. But I wouldn't feel bad if I had to have him as commander. I'd still be like, okay, you know, 
you make it work. It, it'll take a while to get to him unless you ramp hard, but I uh, like it. I had a friend ask me the question of which, uh, uh, of which he, right. of which I thought was better, Villas or Razaketh. Um, what do you think? So, um, I think that it's very contextual. Kind of really depends. I mean, like Razaketh, you do need a creature out. Uh, Villas, uh, I think. He can target himself, right? So you can at least try to still... Yeah. Like, in a vacuum, Villas can do stuff, whereas in a vacuum, Razaketh, you still need a creature and all. Correct. But, like, in terms of, like, the end result, right? Like, obviously, your deck is catered around yeah. these two, right? So then when you think about it in that sense, uh, Razaketh might be a little bit stronger. It has that potential, but... I feel like if you're going for a grindier kind of thing, mm-hmm. Villas would be the... So, so yeah, like you would run Villas in a situation where you don't know what you're looking for. Right. And you, you just want cards. You want just, something. Yeah, you just want to outvalue your opponent. But in Razaketh, right. if you're trying to like win the game, right? Or if you're yeah. trying to find an out, right? That's like, true. Like... That's the thing. Like, Vilas is, is just good in the neutral sense of like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to throw this guy out. Mm-hmm. Razaketh is... I know what I need to do. Right. And for, I think, a lot of EDH players, I, like, unless you're playing, like, really casual, right, where there is no direction, I think that EDH players do have a sense of direction for what they want to do. And so that's why I yeah. say that Razaketh has a slight edge. They're that's both fair. very powerful. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, if someone does, like, a board wipe or something, you just need to recover or whatever, right? Villas can do that for you. But Razaketh, once again, he could just get you the recovery that you need like Mm -hmm. you know a promise of power or like some you know black draw engine well you would build around a card like Razakat as you're saying whereas Velas would be a more of a good stuff kind of card yeah he's a good stuff kind of card yeah Yeah, I think uh there's some good points on it have you ever Mm -hmm. played against it or used it yep I played against it uh I had a how'd that go uh I killed the player (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, I mean, I had so so. I play mono white, and I have Archangel. Yeah. Really, you play mono white? Yeah. So I have Angel Jubilation. You know, there, there's a guy that I know is yeah. kind of famous for using that. You should yeah. meet him someday. So I I had Angel Jubilation out, uh-huh. and he Angel Jubilation prevents the player from sacrificing or paying life. Yeah. Right, and uh, then you know he had a Villas out, and he couldn't use his ability yet, and uh, a lot of his black cards had a pay life. Okay. Or as a cost so he wasn't able to use any of those so he had to wait for me to do damage to him nice uh but then i did like a dark steel mutation on his thing and then went in i mean like uh, see that's funny i like that yeah that's a that's kind of what you were saying earlier before we started recording we talked about an hour or so about using that against them yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's a good example of it right there yeah uh it is i mean but that so that, they, that, that's more that's more towards white thing and you can follow me on twitter to hear more about that and you should follow him yeah, on twitter about like how to play white <laughs> essentially yeah if you want to get more than just what you hear hear about that you got to go to the source for that yeah so um, all right i think that uh hits phyllis up and by the way if you all want to play with him like a lot of people do uh he's cheap so you can yeah. get him pretty easily. Yeah. He's like a dollar. I, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that we're covering here is... Yeah! Like is, the most expensive card, I believe... Is Yarok. Yeah, and then the next one is going to be 
If you want to hit it. Uh, Golos. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so yeah, this guy is really fun. You can build him for almost anything. He's a five-color commander, so you could do whatever you want with him. Uh, like, a lot of people are doing Field of the Dead, and like, my, my, my comment on that... It's a I big mean, standard thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a big standard. It was. I mean, it was, a, it, was, it was something that was like pre-constructed for Golos. It was like something that Wizards was like, hey, you know, we, we made this guy... And we figured you might like this card too with this guy. And uh, I told a friend that like playing Golos with Field of the Dead is like ordering a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. It's right. basic. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it is really basic. I mean, you're playing basics in the deck, I guess, too, or whatever, yeah. right? Uh, to get your diverse land count, right? Uh-huh. And so um, Golos is is an okay commander. Uh, I, I'm more than an okay commander. He's a fun commander. It's He's good. a great commander. You, he could probably be played competitively too, uh, in like stacks decks, okay. right? Uh, with Field of the Dead because you just outvalue your opponent. Yeah, by getting uh, Once you've locked down the board and stabilized, you have like tons of powerful lands like Glacial Chasms and things like that. That's at like the more like competitive and yeah. optimized level. At the casual, casual level, casual level, you play yeah. five colors and you just yeah, you you play the wheel and get. I mean, I have, I have a friend who, who did uh, yeah. uh, Cascading Cataracts as nice. his... What, that was his actual commander. It was a Mono Swamp Golos deck. Uh-huh. And so he, he tutored for Cascading Cataracts all the time with his Golos and then just filter all the mana into it to then do that. Then he ran um, uh, Cabal Coffers mm-hmm. and uh, Cabal Stronghold to generate large amounts of mana. Then funnel it through cascading cataracts and then like you know have some card that untaps cascading cataracts and, d- and okay. do that again like the possibilities with golos are are infinite yeah he, no he's that's what's cool about yeah. him and i love the card it's funny you mentioned the field of the dead combo i actually pulled off golos field of the dead and trapped once yes it was i think the best moment of m20 i had felt really cool yeah so i think I'm, so so this being said yeah Golos, I think, is fine. Field of the Dead, I think, is an issue. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Like, like, what I'm saying is, is Oh, yeah, I agree. I in, agree. It's pretty strong. Like, talking with... So, I've talked with Sheldon Menery about this, and uh-huh. uh, one of the important things about, like, the ban list and Commander right should now... should talk to Sheldon and tell him uh, to come on this podcast. That, sure. would, that would increase the view count. Sure. <laughs> but, like, in terms of, okay. like, uh, what makes... What what gets banned on commander is usually yeah. not like what's competitive, but like what most anti fun. Yeah, not 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 even anti fun, right? Because there's tons of cards that are not like Hikori is like like why is not Hikori banned, right? It's, right. Good, it's, point. Good point. It's more of like you know what cards have been proven to be toxic in the meta, mm-hmm. right? Like cards that like everybody runs, everybody builds a deck around because like I think the important thing about commander in the casual level is that you don't want to create a meta game, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is yeah. that there there are certain agreements like everyone runs Soul Ring in casual, right? Uh, but like you don't want to create a metagame where players have to have answers to specific cards mm-hmm. in their deck preemptively added. Right? Do you think it's interesting? This is a bit off topic. That mm-hmm. on the ban list there are almost no white cards on it. Uh, there's balance and there's limited resources. Balance. Who would have thought the most ironically named card ever created? Yeah. Uh, balance actually I think does more for other colors than it does for white limited resources also is an interesting card I think that card would be amazing unbanned I would rather have limited resources unbanned more than I would have balance unbanned dude I would love to have balance unbanned 
I'd feel pretty fucking cool if I balanced people out. I mean, well, like, right now... <laughs> they would hate it. I mean, They'd hate it, but I'd like it. I mean, like, the problem right now is, like, they printed Teferi's protection, so balance with Teferi's protection is pretty... <laughs> No, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, but... Uh, I would like to do that once. I think that would be really sweet, and then everyone would just hate you. I mean, you can do it in a cube draft, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. but, yeah. It's, it's different fun. than being able to, like, have that deck all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, uh... In terms of, in terms of, oh yeah, Caracas is also banned. That's another white. Oh yeah. yeah, well, so white. It it taps for a white man. Yeah, so. all right, that's all right. fair. That's fair. Right. Uh, and it actually goes pretty well with a lot of white decks. Well, it's banned for pretty obvious reasons. Yes, yeah. but once again, like, I think every color gets its fair share of bannings. I think red has the fewest actually. Really, less yeah. than white. Yeah, in the EDH ban list. I might. Mean, I have to look up the list again. Yeah. Because uh, I can't think of any red cards off the top of my head right now that are on that ban list. We'll, we'll yeah. check that out in a moment. Yeah, um, but uh, any last thoughts on yeah? Mr. So, Golos, Golos is, is great. Feel the Dead. I'd be wary about that because yeah. Feel the Dead is Feel the Dead challenges the the social contract of Commander uh-huh. that you're not supposed to run land destruction. Right? People will run like a uh, ghost quarter or like a wasteland or something, or even a strip mine in Commander. Right. But the problem with Field of the Dead is that casually uh, speaking, players uh, play Vesufa. They play Thespian Stage. It's not that Field of the Dead, that a singular Field of the Dead is the issue. It's uh, the idea that. Uh, um, is the idea that there will be multiple Field of the Deads in play. That is that is the problem. I mean, because in casual Commander, why not have more, you know? Right Replication right. is a is like one of the most iconic cards for a casual Commander is because it's always just getting more copies. That was also one of the reasons why Primeval Titan was kind of banned, because everybody got themselves a Primeval Titan oh, yeah. in play. Right? It's very good. Yeah, and so Field of the Dead ends up being that kind of thing. That's true. Uh, so, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not speculating that it's going to get banned. I'm just saying that uh, it. It's a. It's probably one of the most high impact M20 cards ever printed for Commander. That uh, will. That I think will have a profound effect on how players play Commander. I I've agree. seen in CDH play right yeah. now too. All right. Well, yeah. Another card that's had a big impact would be Yarok, yeah. the Desecrated. It's too. Black, uh, green, blue, Sultai Commander for 3-5, Death Touch, Lifelink, that's also an elemental horror, and its ability is pretty fucking sick. If a permanent would uh, enter the battlefield and cause a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, it does it another time. Basically, Panarmonicon on a stick. Yep. Yeah, which Sultai colors with all the ETB effects, really strong. So, I have played against it, not with a um, unfortunately, and I know it's a sick card. You can just mm-hmm. go for good stuff. You can try and combo out with it. It's a really awesome, versatile commander, and I think it's going to be one of those ones that will be here to stay for a while. You know, it's cool that um, this year we got two Sultai commanders that are based on doing really big value, that and Kadena. And I've used Kadena, that one I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Yark is great. Uh, I know Sheldon has a deck with Yark. He loves it. Uh, I mean, he's just a lot of fun stuff in uh, 
casual and optimized EDH. Uh, I actually haven't seen him in CDH, but I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah, do you think people would play that if they had the option? He's just kind of expensive in CDH. Right, well, that's the thing. If you're playing Bug Colors, would you rather have a Yarok if you could choose between you get a Yarok or you get the Flash Hulk deck? I think most people would. Well, Flash Hulk is also has white in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're going with anything with, like, bug colors in it. Uh, I mean, currently Flash Hulk is probably one of the most popular decks in CDH. Uh, a lot of players will probably, like, I'm trying to think in terms of, like, bug colors. Labeled. Uh, but he doesn't Labeled really is banned. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, there actually isn't... Uh, I mean, the other one, I think, would be, like, Tassiger. Uh yeah, and Tassiger is pretty good. Yeah, uh, he does he does something different. Uh, He's I mean, not but a like, up on the tier list though. If, uh, if that's what you know. Yeah, I mean, but like, uh, Flash Hulk just doesn't do what Soul Tide does. Uh, Fair, which is kind of weird to say, but like, yes, yeah. particularly true. I mean, like, uh, Flash Hulk, you can do a lot of other things with the additional white in it. Like some people talked about the fact that you can like flash in Academy Rector mm-hmm. to get Omniscience out and then win through that. Uh, do you think uh, do you think Yarok would be too slow for some of the faster CDH decks? The thing is, is like, what's what's your payoff with the? You with just the get double? a little bit of extra value, right? Yeah, but yeah. like in CDH, that's, that's true. Yeah, in CDH, you want you want yeah. fucking win. You you want you want to win as, as as immediately as possible, and so you don't actually care about how much value you generate. You care right. more about tempo, velocity, and less about card advantage here. Right, because card advantage should not matter. Right. Uh, if the game is already over. But in the casual EVH. Yeah, in Yarox, casual, where you're gonna have yeah. a lot of fun with. Yeah, that. you're 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 riding the value train here. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he he he's fun in casual. It's almost like a Soul Tyriku, where you're yeah. just getting extra value, like double the value out of your stuff. But in CDH, and this yeah. and this might be likely to change, right? Okay. Uh, but in CDH, you could see like a. Uh, a Yorox, like if I were to build a, if you told me to build a Yorox CDH deck, I would uh-huh. probably start figuring out what I would do to ink to like to break the panharmonicon effect, mm. right? But, uh, but that's like yeah, off the top of my head, right? So that's if if I were building a CDH for Yorox, that's where I would want to go. So that's that, yeah. food for thought. Break breaking it, I think, I think yeah. most people with CDH, the goal is to break something, and he'd be he'd be good with it. Is also, by the way, the priciest card in this set at a whole whopping, like, seven bucks. So, you know, that might break the bank. I don't know. You know, it might break your lunch money. But but it does does say something about EDH Rec and uh, Yarok. Yeah. uh, Oh, that's true. Because, like, he is probably, like, the most popular. Uh, And that also... A lot of people use it. Yeah, and, and I think that defines what EDH is. Because since we just talked about like the whole fact that he's kind of not there in the competitive scene right uh but he's the most popular card he's definitely like edh is definitely a casual driven format and so a lot of the value of these cards aren't measured in terms of edh rec hits number it's not measured by how many by like how competitive they are but how popular they are and how fun they are yeah Yeah. and um that's true and you know we get the stats from that site mm-hmm. but you know it's not the end all be all your metas 
most metas may even be different, but, you know, any of you have a better conglomeration of stats, you can always use those too. But for the most part, I've found, yeah. like, um, if, if you remember that there is some bias with that, mm-hmm. it'll tell you a lot about the cards. And by the way, real quick, there is one mono-red card that's banned in EDH. Oh, really? What thing it is? Uh, I honestly don't know. It would probably be like some sort of Staxi effect? Nope. It is a wipe. A wipe? Yes. Is it like boil or something? Or no. People would want... Blue players would want that to be banned. Sure. World fire. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's been, it was banned, like, Dude, fucking love, right away, so it's easy yeah. to forget it. <laughs> I, 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 I love that card, actually, when it came out, now that, I, now that you mention it. Because I, I loved... Because uh, in the short period of time that it came out, mm-hmm. uh, I, I attempted to build a Boros deck with it. Nice. Right? Because uh, you can, you know, Oblivion Ring, your Sulfuric Vortex... Then cast Worldfire. And that was really funny. Yeah, and then it comes back and then you just pass a turn and then you just watch everyone die. Nice. Right? Uh, but uh, that was a preemptive ban because they didn't like that along... For the same reasons they didn't like Story of the Stars. I'm not sure if that was the right decision. No, I think uh, Worldfire was actually legal for a little while. No, no, no. Like, that's the thing. Like, they didn't wait too long with Oh, it. yeah, no, it didn't yeah. last that long, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Gristlebrand... Well, that was fucking banned yeah. in, like, a week. Yeah, Gristle, let that last. Yeah, Gristlebrand proved to be too much of an issue, whereas Worldfire was something that, like, they just, like, uh, I think they've just been kind of particularly mulling it over uh, sure. a bit. So, uh, and Worldfire was actually, like, oddly enough, I think that that was actually part of a cycle. Because uh, Worldfire... Uh, omniscient, that, Omniscience, Rise of the Dark Realms, um, the Green Ramp one. Uh, the... No, I, is that was that? Yeah, there? I think it I thought was, it was the, like a big spell. Cycle. I thought I thought it was the Great Aurora. Uh, oh, I meant the, in that one set, like yeah. where they printed them, because we had. Um, Wasn't the Great Aurora in that set? No, that was from a later course. Okay, I think in that course set we had Rise, Omniscience, Wildfire. We had the Green Ramp one. Uh-huh. I don't know what the white one was. It might either have been Devout Invocation or a reprint of Sarah Avatar. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it was Sarah Avatar. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well. All right, anyway, on the next one. We got, yeah, we got another cool one. All right, so Kaikar. That's Fury. Yeah, this uh, this is a great card. Uh, players love it in, uh, I think, every kind of commander format. I think that more spikier players love it. It's definitely designed for like those kinds of players who love to abuse like non-creature stuff mm-hmm. um, as a player who really enjoyed Kamigawa block uh, I have a friend who runs it with the Kamigawa dragons and I thought that's really cool because nice. you can sacrifice the dragons because they're spirits oh yeah and trigger their death triggers right nice. so like him with Yose is pretty good tap out players and things like that uh, and then you get some sort of recursion engine going on right with uh uh, Angel Flight Alabaster whenever Spirit goes into your graveyard. Uh, I think you can like return it back to your hand hmm. and things like that. So, uh, pretty cool. Uh, so, there are a lot of ways you can build them. Uh, like, from casual level to, like, competitive level. Uh, the competitive level, you could do some really dumb stuff with him uh, because you get all these 1-1 Spirits that then turn into mana that you can use. Uh, so, Oh no, he's really good. Yeah, he is one of those cards I mentioned that literally get hosed, 
gets hosed by rule of law. That would hurt it. Have you um, played with it? Played against it? Yeah, I played against it. Uh, I played with it. And I have it in a Savine deck. Mm-hmm. Generate value off all instant sorceries. Yep. I like it a lot. Yeah. I had a funny game with a guy. I had an eight and a half tails out yeah. uh, in Earnest Fellowship. So each creature gets protection from their own colors. So, uh, and then I had an Aethersworn Cannonist out, so they can only cast one spell a turn. So they cast Skull Clamp, and then they attempted to equip Skull Clamp onto their spirit to draw more cards. And in response, I turned their Skull Clamp white with eight and a half tails. Oh, and, okay. Uh, not sure. They forgot that the spirit that Kaikara creates is a white spirit, so it has protection from white. I think because it yeah. makes red is what makes it. Yeah, and so this, and so they couldn't equip Skull Clamp onto the spirit anymore. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, it really frustrated that player at that point because oh, I bet. he couldn't draw cards anymore off. and he couldn't cast spells anymore. Oh, that's and, funny. And, like, the, the deck is designed so that you play a bunch of cheap spells and have, like, m- small effects, but you're playing multiples of them so yeah. that you get a bigger effect, right? But if you're only able to cast one spell a turn, nice. well, your, 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 your turns are not as productive yeah. as my turns now where I play, you know, a card that is just better than any individual card that you play because the whole point of Kai Car is I have to play a bunch of cards right. to get a good effect. That's awesome though. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I guess uh those were the big four. Now mm-hmm. we're moving down to according to EDA Trek, the next most played ones. Mm-hmm. This one actually surprised me that was so high up on their list. Mm-hmm. Uh we got Mono Red one which is Dracuseth. 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 It reminds me of the name of um, Duel Masters creatures, if you ever played that card game. God, yeah. you know? Yeah, it reminds me of this. Uh, Maw of Flames. And it's part of a rare cycle of big monocolored creatures. Mm-hmm. We covered Villas already, and we'll get to the other three very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's four red, red, red for a 7-7 seven, seven flying dragon. And when it attacks, it deals four damage to any target and three damage to each of up to two other targets. Beast Unlimited, um, I've played using it before. Not in Commander, though. Um, generally, I have a Dragon deck, but it's a Colagon one, and mm-hmm. that one's a bit too pricey mana-wise for it. So I haven't run it myself. But, I mean, if it attacks, you're going to get a shit ton of damage in. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's cool, but I wouldn't personally run it as a general myself. If I'm going like a dragon deck, maybe you could put it in there, but it wouldn't be something that I would use to headline something like that. I think he's. I think he looks like a lot of fun, uh, especially with now that players are discovering the devotion strategy uh, in play. Uh, he, I mean, this is this speaks for a lot of. Like, particularly, like, I think red and white devotion. Uh-huh. Like, these are heavy devotion commanders, which gives Nykthos a home. Because just having this commander out, Nykthos now taps evenly without any other, like, uh, pips in play. Right? And so... Right. Uh, and there's a, there's, there is support for dragons. Like, you have, like, the Dragon Speaker Shaman, which I think is one in two red pips um, already. And now, so, would you consider more as a 99 card than as a... Uh, general cards though because it also let's be real it doesn't do anything for or with your other dragons on its own oh yeah so and it also has no etb or haste so like unless you have haste even though you're in red mm-hmm. if you don't have it it's kind of like all right 
you gotta you gotta hope that they don't blow it up or something. Yeah, so I would imagine that he is played in uh Ur Dragon decks. Okay. Uh and uh for mono red players at the casual level, um he they might run him as a commander simply because um he hits multiple targets. Conveniently he hits three other players. Right. It is slow right? though. Uh just because it doesn't do anything right away. You have to wait a turn before you can do any damage. I mean... Unless you have hits. Well, this is why I was saying, like, casual commander. Uh, right, right. Because in casual commander, you're not... You're not... Those aren't things that I think are too prevalent in yeah. someone's mind. It's not like someone's continually wiping your board or killing your stuff. Right. Right. And, and it's a big, scary dragon. Yeah, it's a big, scary dragon that does a lot of damage. And it, and it actually produces a lot of value because... Uh, not many things, not many creatures actually survive mm-hmm. uh, three or four damage uh, in EDH, especially utility creatures, which are rampant in EDH. So you're looking at stuff like Oracle Moldiah, Lotus Cobra, right. you're looking at like Deathrite Shaman. Uh, like he, he picks those off the board, and the moment that he connects, you've actually generated a large amount of card advantage. There uh, are some subtle politics with it, because it can yeah. hit... Uh, anything it doesn't have to be one player yes. stuff so mm-hmm. which I guess yeah. depending on what the so, casual meta would be like you know it could be like hey listen I'm not gonna blow up your shit if I mean you know, he, he, he's fun or basically. why don't you hit this player I'll hit all of you to spread the hair you know? I mean like I said he's fun for those reasons uh, in terms of like competitive stuff he just doesn't see no, any competitive no play. not a fucking bad. but uh, but you know what that's a high bar for a lot of cards so a lot of cards you know there are plenty of cards that don't see competitive play. So, for casual players, not a bad, uh... Well, it's kind of hard. I mean, like, working with, um, like, with, if you if you watch Playing With Power, there's a lot of cards that go through, uh, Playing With Power. I mean, he just, he just happens to not be one of them. Uh, particularly yeah. because, like, uh, his cost is not supported by his colors. Right. Um, uh, like... Maybe you can Iron Crag feed it out. I mean, sure, but like yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean compared to uh, Gargos which which is very yeah. much yeah. yeah which we'll be getting new soon yeah so uh, but yeah that's yeah. that's all I'm gonna say well. alright well next part of the cycle actually uh, you want me to cover this one too yeah why don't you hit all this right. one well uh, we were both doing that but yeah, yeah go so, for it so Safara Sky's Blade um, it's a, the white legend for the set she's very narrow in white um uh, Namely, it's because you have to build a deck around her. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll be running stuff like Battle Screech. You'll be running a lot of, like, tokens that generate a bunch of 1-1 flyers. If you want to get her out early. Uh, and she does well, get... You're all... not going to get her out very early because she costs a shit ton of mana. Well, her alternative cost uh, is is actually easier to cast. Uh, That's true. Yeah, you pay one white, tap up to four untapped flyers... Uh, and getting four flyers isn't that hard. Special procession gives you three flyers already, right? Uh, Brings the alarm effect. So yeah. there's stuff. Yeah. Put a there's, Legion's Landing out. Special yeah. procession. Well, yeah. Legion's Landing doesn't put a flyer out. Uh, Does that? It has to be flyers with flying. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but but there but there's tons of ways you can do this. Like benevolent offering puts down flyers as well. Mm-hmm. Three flyers. Um, you Lager also have. Oh, no, not yeah, you also have the parlay card. Uh, the in conspiracy that hmm. puts a one one flyer for each player who reveals a non land card on top of their deck, and so you can potentially just get four flyers out there okay. and uh, 
and you can do this as early as I want to say turn two actually uh, and she gives them all indestructible which is uh, particularly good uh, and she also has lifelink which is also great because you can pack in Aetherflux Reservoir to end the game uh, and there are cards in white like Sunbond mm-hmm. uh, that has enchant creature whenever you gain life put that many plus one plus one counts yeah. on enchanted creatures it's pretty cool yeah so uh, once again like but th- this is everything that you have to kind of build around to she there aren't you're, once you see a Safara deck it's not like you're going to see a different Safara deck uh, and so she commands a particular deck uh, in white uh, and uh, I think that she's uh, more well suited for uh, casual uh, play. You could build an optimized commander of her. Um, that wouldn't be any stretch of the imagination. I think it's a lot harder to build a CDH deck with her. I would think so. Uh, because uh, and this is like what I said earlier about the other Heliod. Uh, White just doesn't have the currently White's what White has going in CDH is stacks. Uh, and that might change with the new yeah. Heliod. Uh, she is not a stack general. Yeah. Like, she doesn't give your creatures vigilance, which is really important with uh, Static Orb yeah. and things like that. And so she just doesn't really add anything else to the CDH play. And even, the, and like I said, the new Heliod doesn't. But if Wizards continues to push more... I think, I think it does, though, because it lets you combo easily with, like, um, Walking Ballista. I think it actually right, does like, help. All right. It's not like I haven't heard that before. It's not like I, know, I didn't know But that. it does help. It does help. That gives it a boost for comboing out. And it gives white a little bit extra reach. It didn't uh, have. I, so, so, the, so the issue with that is that Walking Ballista is an artifact. Yeah. Uh, you play in white. <laughs> white can play with no, 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 no. Hear me out here. The issue with that is that uh, Walking Ballista is an artifact, and uh, they recently printed Collector Oof in Modern Horizons. Uh-huh. And it's really important that we... Uh, mention about Collector Oof in this context because unlike Nolrod, Karn the Great Creator, or Stony Silence, Collector Oof is a creature uh-huh. and it's green. Yeah. Uh, there are multiple ways to get a Collector Oof out in CDH because everyone runs like if you're running green, you're going to run like Green Sun Zenith. You World you might tutor. have yeah, Worldly Tutor, Isan Wandering Bar, Natural Order, mm-hmm. uh, Court of Calling. Yeah. You know the the green finale, right? Uh, it's actually not if. For, for those who don't know about the CDH meta, it's not uncommon. It actually would be rare to have a CDH game where there isn't a Null Rod in the first four turns. Heliod, Walking Ballista, combos in Mono White would have to combo out on turn four at the early... Like, it combos out turn two at the earliest. Pretty good, though. Right? But that's, but that's like if you have a really good hand. Compared yeah. to like Fash Hulk, which can combo out on turn one at like the at the best hand mm-hmm. and so it doesn't outpace other combo decks right no but in, it, it at its help. best but also even when you're playing it um like not like with uh-huh. like the best hand but say like with the average hand you average out on like turn four and that's what i'm saying that on average oof will be out by the time you have walking ballista out so you're kind of losing there you have to have a way to deal with an oof know. And see, I feel like that's where I diverge. I would happily play that combo though. If they have the if, they got the if. And what are you gonna do? Something else. 
If yeah. they have it, I'll... Your, 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 your whole entire deck is built around tutoring for this combo, getting this combo out. Oh. So there's an oof. Oh, 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 my deck would not be built around just that. It'd be like an extra bonus of yeah, two cards. Yeah, so, so, so the new Heliod that I built is also like that as well. Like, if yeah. you have it, I'd put it in there. I wouldn't sure. build the deck just for that sure, combo. Sure, 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 sure. So, so I'm on the same page as that. But then at the end of the day, how does this, you know beat the old Heliot, which gives all your creatures vigilance, well, which is a mana sink. I would for see it used mana. as something that's like, now that I've shut them out of the game, with, so they can't pull off their bullshit combos, that pull off my bullshit combo. Your bullshit... So the problem is is that... It's one what, option to close it out. If you're, if you're closing out the game with an artifact creature, right, you have not stopped Savala, who is also a creature. You have not stopped, like, decks that go rampant on like power artifact grim monolith for okay. example right that's an artifact like how do you you if you're if you're white your whole idea of shutting them off is to shut them off on creatures activate abilities and artifacts activate abilities. i mean so would you not at all run the combo i would run the combo i'm just saying yeah. that the combo is an option if i'm not staxing right now yeah no that's what but, i'm saying uh yeah, yeah. the but you're never going so we're to, on the same page no no i'm, I'm just saying that you that the, that the combo actually just doesn't do much more like a lot of players talk about the combo but they i don't think that they have it's two cards that interact huh. you have a hundred card deck yeah. you have to think about how the rest of the deck functions mm -hmm. and it's not going to uh go out exactly like you plan it you'll find no. that oftentimes yeah. you're going to win off of a sarah ascendant with a bunch of counters on Probably. it than you would with a walking ballista sometimes sometimes you will if nobody's interacting with your board right yeah that's yeah. great yeah but uh but it's but it actually isn't as hyped up or as crazy as players think it is. I mean, because think about it. Right. Two card combos exist in anything. This just happens to be white. That doesn't make it any more special than compared to the other colors. That's fair. Right. Any last thoughts on her? Uh, yeah. Um, I've been thinking about building a commander for her for a really long time. Cool. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I, I think she's fun. But once again, like I only see her as like casual and optimized currently. Yeah, that might change in the future. Let Let's um, see what happens. Yeah, let's see what Wizards does with Lifelink because, or with Life Gain, because uh, Wizards is really trying to push for that right now. Gotta get payoffs. Yeah, we got we have the Life Gain now. We need the rewards. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, there are a lot of rewards, but there hasn't been one that really breaks it. Heliod is is the one. We're that's, getting closer. Yeah, Heliod's getting closer. closer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got the almost the fourth part of that same cycle. Mm -hmm. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. Gargos, the big fucking Hydra. And he is five, uh, no, three green, green, green for an eight, seven. The biggest of the, actually, the, uh, not the biggest of the cycle, second biggest of it. Mm -hmm. With Vigilance, uh, Hydra spells cost four generic less. Not bad. And whenever a creature you control comes the target of a spell, uh, Gargos fights a creature that you don't control. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, in terms of EDH, I put it in my mono green Sobala, because big beat stick. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't really gotten to use it yet, but it's in there. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's uh, so he he's actually kind of crazy in optimized EDH. Very powerful commander. Mm -hmm. The fact that he can just fight anything, the fact that you just run like Hydra synergies and also like changelings as well in the deck. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you have some pretty potent Hydras too. Like you have like you know the Genesis Hydra. You have uh, the uh, what's it called the the Hydra that tutors for lions. 
you have the primordial hydra that just attacks everyone he he literally like clutters your board with hydras yeah he's eight power which is really great for, for six mana uh, for six mana so yeah. so it's really great for things like you know ferocious and formidable from the cons block uh so you can even trigger like uh what you gonna call it that guy uh shaman of forgotten ways mm-hmm. uh and just kill a player on the board uh, yeah and it's so he his, good. His, his all of his stats and abilities line up very well to give green stuff the only thing that's missing is him having a trample vigilance is better in white than it is in green because you can run vigilance with a lot of like right hate you, effects you can have a big ass eight seven but if they chump it with a one one yeah giving him trample probably would have been better but i can see why they they decided to give him vigilance because trample might be pushing it a little too much that yeah uh, i can see that but uh i mean if you're running him with the vigilance stuff mm-hmm. um you could do uh uh trying to think like uh there are certain cards that you can run him with uh and there are multiple directions that you can, that you can go with vigilance is a very yeah. like is i think a very underrated mechanic oh it's great uh, because the fact that you can attack and defend makes it so that it makes it harder for your opponents to make decisions against you uh i think that uh it's also really great with stacks effects like static orb um, and uh and then green yeah you but, know vigilance is harder to get than trampled so you can yeah. find you'll probably have other cards that'll yeah so um but yeah you have some options to go with the vigilance yeah. stuff but the other abilities is i think like where it's at uh and uh hydras yeah like yeah like we, we saw the blue sphinx guy this blue sphinx legends that makes your sphinx cost less and uh, whenever you cast a sync, you factor fiction, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy yeah. is also great. I think that he is, in a way, in the same way, a guy not to be underestimated if you see him on the table. Like, oh, yeah, what kind of Hydra would, would screw me over? And it's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Well, this is a part of another cycle in the set. We got, uh, I mean, Gargos, he speaks for himself. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. This one. I think uh, it's pretty cool. If you want to hit this, it's part of the second legendary cycle in the set. Yeah, uh, Omnath, Locust of the Royal. I have a friend who's a huge fan on lands uh, and loves playing like Landstorm. He had a Timna Thrasios like Landstorm deck, nice. uh, which was like optimized to competitive. It was just like his fun, what he enjoyed. I mean, like you would have to play a CDH deck to really enjoy playing against him. Because uh, he ran Armageddon effects, and uh, Armageddon is like one of those white cards that just doesn't get played in anywhere other than CDH because anywhere else it's played, people just hate it. But yeah, he, he wanted to build uh, this deck. He really loves it. Um, and so uh, how does he compare with, let's say, the other Omnaths? Okay. Right? right, we have two others. Uh, he's definitely more competitive than the previous Omnath. Right, and the original Omnath, uh, I don't know how well he particularly holds up to that one because that one just gets insanely huge. Uh, there's a lot that you can do with it. Right. Uh, the the that one has recently got support with like the new Nissa Planeswalker from War of the Spark. Right. Uh, they they have different synergies. For that one, you're mm-hmm. going big mana. For red green, you're going mostly shit out lands, sack them. Mm-hmm. For this one. You go in elementals, so I think yeah. it is cool that all three of them have different. Like, sure, you'll be ramping in all of them because it's green, but they've all got different ways that you want yep. to use that set Omnath. 
So yeah, so you know, our boy on that has seen uh, a lot of different faces, and um, uh, I would it's say it's gonna hit all five colors. They're <laughs> they're building to it. He keeps yeah. getting more every time. Yeah, yeah, a five color on that will probably be ridiculous. I mean, it will seen, happen. Someday. I mean, five color commanders in general have just proven themselves because you because at that point you're just playing all of Magic, right? Yeah, you, know, you just do whatever, right? You're 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 goalless, right? <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I built a casual, uh, actual 60 card deck with that. Cause I had mm-hmm. play with someone. So I threw together some cards I had from uh, drafts. It was a lot of fun to play with. I like, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, good yeah. elemental synergy. Um, good card advantage. He's really good, uh, in optimized commander. Um, you can yeah. run elemental tribals and... Like you know, some key, some noteworthy cards are from like the Lorwyn block, uh, because they printed tons of those, like Mold Drifter, uh, and like Ingot Chewer, and uh, I'm trying to think of like, uh, some green ones. Woodfall Primus, I think, is yeah. an elemental. I mean, just basically yeah. any elemental, especially that does anything, like, mm-hmm. gonna feel great. Risen Reef too. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Ready to move on? Yep. Cool. We have another part of the cycle as well. Kethys, the hidden hand. It's just straight up Soltai colors. I mean, it's Abzan colors, whatever. White, black, and green. It's 3-3 three, three Elf Archer. Oh, Advisor. That's an Advisor. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, your legendary spells cost one generic less to cast, and you can exile two legendary spells, spells, not just creatures, from your graveyard. Until end of turn, uh, each legendary card in your graveyard gains you can play it from your graveyard. So, I think uh, it'd be interesting as like a... It'd be more of a commander card, in my opinion, yep. to build around uh, a legendary-focused deck. And uh, I have not used it myself. I do have Absan decks, but it wouldn't really fit in any of my current ones. Uh, and it's obviously basically unplayable in that draft format because you'll never really use its abilities. Mm-hmm. But, but he's a 3-4 three, for four, 3. Yeah, but like, that's it. But like, yeah. you won't actually get to use any yeah. of those in that. Yeah, draft-wise, I don't think he... Yeah. Straight up, yeah. yeah. But I don't know like how stats are in an M20 is like for like a really big bud. No, and... for for a, playing three colors for a vanilla creature effectively, it's not really that great. Yeah, yeah. so uh, in Commander... Uh, it's a different story. Yeah, it's a different story. Uh, I've seen uh, a CDH deck with his build, but it's more or less like an offshoot off of other CDH strategies. Right. So he he is he is an effective commander for CDH. Uh, if you want to build it that way, he just adds a different flavor to strategies that we've already seen in CDH with uh, combo lines that you run. Right. Uh, it, so. Its ability is effectively Yawgmoth's will for your legends. Yeah. But yeah. it costs a lot when you gotta keep exiling too. Eventually. You gotta run out unless you find a way to get back. I mean, yeah, you run stuff like Rift Sweeper and Pull from Eternity and yeah. things like that. Uh, that can get those cards back. Uh, Rift Sweeper will probably get played more than Pull from Eternity in that deck because you, there are multiple ways to re- to recur. Correct, I would think uh, so. Rift Sweeper. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Does that uh, cover any thoughts you had on that? Yeah. Um. I think that's it. I mean, like, there, there's not much to say. He's a good commander, uh, and people will abuse him. They'll find yeah. a way. I mean, well, there are ways already. 
Uh, now with this next one, people found ways to abuse the hell out of the first iteration. Mm-hmm. What about this one? Uh, Kalia, Zenith Seeker, uh, when she enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards. Uh, you can reveal an angel, demon, and or dragon uh, and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library. Uh, so she's three mana, ETBs, uh, and you uh, impulse for uh, you know a card. Right? Um, she commands a very specific deck for you to yeah. build. Uh, oh no, you can get up to three. Uh, you can get Angel oh, D yeah, yeah, yeah. and or. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of players don't... I believe players have like rated her as like a bad commander. Well, um, she's not as broken as the first one. Because yeah. the first one is pretty... Everyone knows... We've all heard, you've all seen the original Kalia yeah. beat some of the Master Colties. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, it used to be Iona stuff like well, that. Well, she used to be funny enough when the first Commander Precons ever came out. She was one of the holy shit, this is, oh man our opponent played a Kalia mm-hmm. we gotta fucking deal with this now. Like she used to be one of the OG big threat commanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. along with Animar and the others. Yeah, but now, you know, we've had more broken stuff too. She's not as, you know. She, she's not as pushed. But like, that that doesn't mean that the new version of her has to be that either. Yeah. Um, I think she's interesting. Uh, you wouldn't build her the same way that you built the previous no, one. No, because you can't uh, cheat the stuff that you get. Yeah. And any angel, demon, or dragon is likely going to cost a lot of mana. You're going to be yeah. cheap. I would say that uh, if I built her, I would almost want to run uh, the gamut of like toolbox. Yes. Right. Uh, Restoration Angel, I think, would fit very well into that deck. Right, because then you blink her again, and then you do it again. You get more stuff, and kind of like the the Niv Mizzet um, guy. And yeah, uh, problem is that there are, I don't think there's enough angels, dragons, and demons to fill out a CDH checklist. But I think that in optimized and casual commander, she'd she, be okay there. Yeah, she'd be great in there actually. Uh, it really just depends on like the future of where Wizards are trying to push, right? Because uh, the problem with that those three creature types that they're high on the cmc curve yeah right but if wizards decides like hey why not print like they, they printed a one mana angel on modern horizons which was a one one vanilla flyer yeah right but like who what's to say that you know they'll print like you know a a more enhanced version of sarah yeah. avenger and there know? are some good four mana dragons there's a lot there's some cheaper yeah. demons as well, well so yeah in cdh you're you want to hit at the two CMC oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah spot but like and that's what I'm saying like what would get her to be pushed into CEDH is if you had just be better creating pushed other cards yeah pushed other cards to make it so that her ability is better but right now you still have a lot of good value yeah. stuff for her uh, she's just never going to compare with the previous Kalia but that's but, a high bar so yeah that's also a high bar uh, and I'm not sure if Wizards wants to like do something like that again. yeah right I, th- I, you know, I'm with you on, uh, yeah. on all that. Yeah. And uh, this next one, I had the very unpleasant experience of actually losing to fucking it? dying to it, and it was not just me. Mm-hmm. Literally, he was gonna kill everyone, and then the game at, right after I died slowed to a crawl mm-hmm. and lasts another hour. I was like, oh my god, yeah. it was misery. It is uh, a Temsis all sing the last part of the monocolor cycle. Three, blue, blue, blue. It's a four-five flying sphinx. It's got 
pay two and a blue, tap it, draw two cards, discard a card. But you might be wondering, how, how are I be so salty about losing this card? What's well, got another effect? It has, whenever it deals combat, just damage to yeah, an just opponent, damage. you may reveal your hand, and if cards with at least six different converted mana costs are revealed, uh, target player loses the game. And lucky me, I've actually died to that before. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what that's what people like to do with it. I mean... Well, yeah, no, you're not going to play... Be like, oh, I'm going to hit you with my 4-5. Yeah, you're so, definitely abusing that ability. Yeah, I mean, he's great in optimized commander. He gives blue an alternate win strategy that is Besides Landman. Besides Landman, yeah. But uh, he just doesn't get played in preference over Landman and CDH. Because well, that's Landman, easier to... It's easier to do, right? But he's really fun and casual and optimized. Because uh, uh, you could do stuff like Hercules Recall on your artifacts you basically you know run a bunch of fast mana rocks that all with different cmcs then you play mm -hmm. him then when you go for the swing or when you just do damage him you just return all your artifacts yeah. back and it's like oh look i happen to have these cards in my hand right uh and uh how many different mana costs six, six. yeah so but you'll you know, blue you'll draw no, cards i mean like yeah but like think about it you know you have a mox which which is zero or a lend um or led sure uh, but uh, well, just a land that's a zero oh, mana cost. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about like oh yeah, that, yeah to to because there's there's paradoxical outcome. Yeah, there's uh rebuild right. There's there's actually a bunch of ways for blue to just return their own artifacts back or even other yeah. players' and stuff, right? And and you know, shit, if you have enter the infinite, you yeah. you're gonna hit that too. Like yeah, yeah you just draw. You yeah, either return so, your stuff or you draw. There's ways to fill it up. Yeah. Is yeah, there there are ways, and you can be very efficient about it. I've only played against casual players with it, right? So casual players, so it's a lot harder. So it won't be as efficient. Yeah, so it won't be as efficient. But there's, but easily there's an optimized build for for you to like, you know, really push this card, uh, not to a CEH level, but to like a pretty you know strong contender in that yeah. um, regard. Uh, because when you play this in CDH, there's just so many ways to to shut this down. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's just harder, and it's, it takes a lot more cards to win with this than it does with Vladman. Yeah. But yeah. But it's cool. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I like that it's a thing that exists. And uh, you actually get the honor of doing the last one this time. But the one that wasn't it's technically the, the, in the rest promo. Of this time. Hey, shit, she counts. <laughs> All right. Other multicolored creatures. So it's Rian, uh, Angel of Rebirth. Other multicolored creatures you control get plus one, plus oh. She flies. She's a 5 4 for five mana. She's and, Naya. Uh, Naya colors, yeah. Two uh, and uh, a pip from each of the Naya uh, branch. So whenever another multicolored creature you control dies, return it uh, to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, she's she's cool. She doesn't see a lot of play. I think that like compared to like other Naya commanders, she just kind of feels underwhelming. Well, she's very yeah. fair compared to like uh, Mayel. Mayel or Alta, who apparently can do crazy shit. Uh, the egg well, one. The what? The new egg commander from Naya, Alta Palani. I think her name was Nest Hunter. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cause 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 you can abuse her with uh with changelings. Yeah. So uh, she she you're right. She is. Fair. Mm -hmm. It's a fair card. You're yeah. not doing much broken with this. Yeah. I mean, well, you're, you're not doing things that, like, I think players think are fun and casual. Because, once again, like, we're, we're going by, like, EDH yeah. standards. Uh, and, like, the... She... 
first of all, she's in the buy box, so she's harder to obtain than right. buying a pre-con, right? And second of all, uh, when you look at like the pre-con stuff, there's a lot more they can do with mm-hmm. uh, Ulta, right? Because uh, her, because what, what what players I think like what casual players like, uh, yeah, is just doing a lot of big stuff. Which drawing, you want to do with her? Yeah, drawing lots of cards, ramping, playing really big creatures, making my dudes really big, right? And doing this like two seconds. Okay. Sorry, we had a brief little cut in the audio there, but I'll splice it together easily. Cool. So what I was saying is that Alta, uh, like, at its shell, you know, creates an egg and yeah. you can get rid of an egg and then you get a card, right? But that's just the singular card. You build the whole entire deck around and you can do some really exaggerated stuff like, oh, well, I'm just going to flip over yeah. the top however many cards because I made so many eggs or all my creatures are now considered eggs because I have a mirror entity and they're all dead and I trigger all the abilities or something like that. But, uh, but, but that's Alta. Yeah, but that's but that's Alta. And then when you look at Rianne, right, you actually kind of have to have all these things out already. And so she kind of like just guarantees that safe. You're not actually doing anything more. Yeah. Right. Uh, unless if you have something to abuse, like the return trigger. Yeah, right? you you can do yeah. that, but I'd rather be abusing Alta. Yeah. And so I think that for casual players, they like doing yeah. that more than they like with Rianne. And that's where. Right. And that's why she kind of gets outshined. I mean, like, you also look at Mael, right? Like, players are more interested in putting stuff out rather than right. recurring stuff. Once again, this might also just go back to the whole issue with White because uh, White's biggest form of generating card advantage is through recursion, right? Uh, and maybe players just don't like recurring things as much as just getting yeah. more new things in play. Well, she's also not the most efficient with it. You know, I think I would rather have a Sun Titan than have her. On the battlefield, to be honest, because it's more immediate, and you can still do stuff on your yeah, turn. yeah. Um, you know, she's got a cool foil, though. I can say that. Um, yeah. And if you do want to play with her, even though it's a buy box promo, it costs like a buck. So mm-hmm. thankfully, she may not be easy to open. But if you want to get her, that won't yeah. be a problem. You can buy singles of her now. But the other issue here about her is, um, or not an issue, but another thing about her yeah, commander yeah. is that you. Like, her ability triggers at the beginning of, of each end step. So you um, can't use stuff that you get back right away. You can't use stuff that you can't get back right away, but you can use stuff more often because mm-hmm. you're playing against multiple opponents. Right. Uh, and so this is something to actually consider about when using her. Like, if I were to build a deck with her, I want to load my deck with a bunch of ETB multicolored creatures. I try yeah. to do something. Uh, multicolored creatures that have an effect when they die and then get them back at the end of each of my opponent's turns and then run something like you know a, a sack outlet mm-hmm. like uh like any like red and green have tons of sack outlets uh like greater good for example is one i can even sneak attack a multicolored creature yeah. into play and then it gets sacked and it comes back right and the new perforos helps too right uh and so uh that's how i would abuse her in this situation right yeah that's uh, fair but, uh, like I said, uh, I think that the reason why we don't see her a lot on EDH rec deck list is because um, Naya just has other options that players like Most to use. Most people won't build her. And she's also brand new. Maybe someday we'll see a little more. Yeah, I mean, they might print something that like players will be like, oh yeah, I want to run her now, kind of thing. Uh, and I think that she is something that like players run in like the... 99 versus the 100 like the weirdest part is that like the anthem effect i don't think the weirdest thing is that i don't know why players just don't 
care about anthem effects, uh, especially in multicolor, yeah. uh, because it, it's like, also a pretty minor anthem. In fact, it's not a big one. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what a lot of people say. Like glorious anthem, I don't think really gets played a lot in commander. But then when you think about it, it's like if I like secure the waste in uh-huh. white and put like you know this many one ones, and then like. Uh, at the end of your turn, and then on my turn, I play Elish Norn. Yeah. Right. Well, th- that's yeah. the quality of the effect. You get Elish Norn, always watching, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're out there. Yeah. So I think that people would get excited about some of the effects like that, but there's In- enough, I think, very good ones like those two mm-hmm. that the other ones in comparison yeah. don't. They're not as exciting. I mean, when you look at Rianne, uh the thing is that I don't think if you're playing multicolor, yeah, you would care about anthems, uh, because you're just doing so much more in multicolor that making right. your creatures bigger just doesn't mean it's, a lot. It's not as yeah. important. I just find that like uh, in other colors, particularly white, uh, yeah. you don't like white has like tons of anthems, and people always complain about like, oh yeah, white just doesn't get many big creatures, and then it's like, well, you can make a lot of creatures, and then you can make a lot of them big. Like if I like to take Iliad. Is a card that's like literally that's half. That's another of, good one. Yeah, it's half of Elish Norn's ability. Like if you do like, you know, secure the waste into right. X one ones, and then suddenly they all become three threes, right? You're like, and think about it this way: like Hilliard, uh, Detective Hilliard is five mana. Yeah. Uh, flash that. That does help. With flash, secure the waste is also instant speed, right? And X and white, so. If you're within the budget constraints of how much mana you can afford mm-hmm. to cast a Tape of you would secure the waste for four one ones. Then at the end of your opponent's turn, right? Uh, or like say three ones. Then yeah. you swing Flash and Dictate Heliod, there are three three threes for nine damage. Or if you're on like the five mana curve, right? Uh, there are now four three threes, so you're swinging for 12. And that's already like a quarter of their like life total. Yeah. Right? That's and pretty then. Good. You know, next turn you curve out with true conviction, and they're like, "Oh, you're dead." <laughs> I mean, I, like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Do um, you um? You have any last thoughts about this one though? Before you wrap it up. Uh, like, uh no, that's it. I mean, oh yeah, some honorable mentions I, I told you about. Okay. Base. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of people are aware about like the fact that life gained is getting a huge boost. I think that Wizards has been planning this yep. for a really long time because we saw a Johnny's primate in War of the Spark. Now we get like. Well, we've had that for a while. It's been... no, 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 no. I'm saying that they reprinted that. It's yeah, not yeah, going to be yeah. in standard with Daxos, with Linden, with the Heliod, right, mm-hmm. and with like uh the the Johnny Planeswalker, yeah. right. Like, there's a Super lot guys. to support life gain here. I have a mono white life gain Aloro deck, and we were talking about payoffs earlier. Yeah, there have been payoffs to life gain for a long time that makes white really strong as a life gain color in optimized commander. There hasn't been anything that pushes white to CDH level, right? The new but Heliod. Maybe we'll get that. Yes, I mean, and so and so and so that's what I'm getting at is that yeah. the new Heliod is kind of like wizards like not as like okay, well maybe. Like, how far can we turn this dial It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Well, we're, we're getting yeah. closer. It, it, we're, we're getting closer to something that, that is white that isn't stacks related. Yeah. Right? And uh, uh, if, we got? if they print more of this, we might see something interesting from Wizards uh, with white that, once again, isn't stacks related. So white will have more to its pool of repertoire to play for optimized and casual commander. I think that white already has those things, but they're just not particularly explored very well. Uh, but uh, but this will be like the 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 the, the hitting the, the hammer on the nail here. Yeah. Uh, 
for white. Uh, and so in N20, uh, there are some cards for Commander that you might want to look for uh, that aren't legendary, mm -hmm. but in white, particularly with what he's doing. Uh, the new Johnny Planeswalker is definitely something worth mentioning. Uh, the Bygone Bishop is also yep. really good. Uh, the the Angel that uh, is a 4-4 uh, if your life total is 25 yeah. or greater, and she gains you one extra life whenever if you would ever gain life. Uh, and then in the Johnny Precon, uh, it's also worth mentioning that the Johnny Precon Planeswalker is actually pretty decent. He's a source of plowshares on a Planeswalker. Yeah. That uh, nets your the, its controller a constant two life gain. He gains you two life as his plus one and puts plus one plus one counters, which is particularly relevant for something like Hilliod, right? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, shout out to like Abzan Battle Priest from the Cons block that any creature with a plus one plus one counter has life gain. Like once again, there are tons of cards that Wizards has already done. Uh, twin like. Twin Blade Paladin yeah. from the Johnny Precon is another good one. As long as your life total is 25 or more, she has double strike. Right? And I then agree. There's... The new Heliod gives her lifelink. I mean, so double strike, yeah. lifelink, trigger plus one, plus one counters on Heliod, making her bigger. I mean, like... Yeah, and we're gonna, we're gonna hit more of that. Yeah, I so... Soon, but I yeah. actually do have to uh, yeah, so, close up soon. So, yeah. thank you again for being here doing this episode mm -hmm. where we get you again for when uh, I believe Throne of Eldraine has passed mm -hmm. a bit we can go over those because there's some cool stuff there yeah we got Linden as well uh, yeah. so I think that one will be yeah I mean a lot oh my god some of you will like shout on Linda when she came out you know <laughs> what I did too but I played with her in Limited and I was fucking happy playing Mono White in that set it was a blast so yeah. you know what at least for there, I've I've come to uh, to love yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, like Commander versus did a deck of mine. Um, yeah. with Linden. And See how it goes. It it won on like turn four. It was really dumb. Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Once again, it's been yeah. awesome. And uh, remember to send me your info so I can pass along to everyone yeah, else. Yeah, sure. And uh, maybe next time we'll get all the squad here. But it's been great i was so glad we could actually do this mm -hmm. episode and you know you always have awesome insights mm -hmm. into these cards especially the bite ones because it's oh. you know it's your expertise so it's my forte i guess yeah i mean thanks once again and thank you all for listening as well it's been awesome and look out for more episodes soon